Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of Witches on the Couch. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Nikki and I am a witch. Hi, I'm your other host. My name is Jade and I'm also a witch. So we're going to keep us spinning our wheels and moving right on along Secret Circle because we got like another two thirds of the season to get through. And if we don't keep it up, we're we're not going to do it. We're not going to make it. And that brings us to season one, the only season, episode eight, Beneath. It's actually funny. I was listening a little bit to our last episode where you're like, you're so critical. And I was accepted that episode where you're like, why do you like this episode so much? I really think I was coming also off of a really large amount of bad television like recent bad television. So anything that was like moderately good, I was thrilled by. And for bad excuse, but oh, sorry, we're back to normal dour Nikki. I think we're, I think I've even back out and by like bad television, I'm looking at you Disney plus. Um, But I still stand by that last episode was probably like my favorite episode just because it was Halloween and I'm a sucker for that. I'm just a sucker for a Halloween episode. Let's just be real. I really like this episode, actually. Seriously, I thought this episode was not the best. It's not. (laughs) And there's a whole couple of scenes, two-thirds of the way through, three-fourths of the way through, almost near the end, that just, it's the meat of the episode, and I have issues, and I will complain then. But overall, this episode did draw me in. I disagree. Uh, (laughs) What else is new? Let's get to it. We are really on two sides of the spectrum when it comes to these episodes. I think there's rarely been the one of Secret Circle where we've like agreed that this is like the best episode. Like it's not Witches of East End where we're like, let's talk about how much we loved it or how much we hated it. It's like you take pro, I take con. Or vice versa. <laughs> Very fascinating. All right, let's get into it. So episode eight, Beneath, uh, we start out where everyone's kind of meeting up at Cassie's. And by everyone, I mean Jake, Adam, Diana, Cassie, and Faye are all in her kitchen. Uh, Faye, Adam, and Diana were like already there. Jake just kind of like shows up. And we do a nice episode recap of what happened in the Halloween episode for those who missed it? <laughs> Which is kind of nice. I'm not going to lie. It's been a minute since I watched that episode. So I was like, oh, good. I didn't have to remember it. <laughs> uh, they discuss how they were kidnapped. Uh, Cassie does reveal how she thinks she did magic by herself which is like news to everyone minus Jake because he was the only one let in on it at the end of that episode. And she kind of shares how Jake has been telling her it's possible to learn individual magic and how she's kind of excited about this. Uh, Faye gets very upset about this because one thing we know about Faye is she's the independent sort and she never really wanted to be in the circle anyway. She never wanted to bind the circle. She's really always been anti-group project, uh, is our little Faye. So she's now really pissed that apparently Cassie can practice on her own when she can't. 
And she accuses Cassie of like lying before she came here and that like Cassie knew about magic the whole time. It's all been a scam. So she just kind of gets upset. But Cassie kind of reassures her that, that that's not the case and then reveals to the whole party those parchments that were like left in her mailbox by the guy that got murdered at the end of the last episode. Calvin. Calvin, thank you. I loved him and I can't believe I forgot his name. I can't believe it either. I know, he was like so great. Uh, basically the group all takes some interest in it. They see what they believe to be Jane's initials on the parchment. And Cassie says that she wants to go up to Henry's lake house to look for Jane because Jane went there last episode and we haven't heard from her in a few days. Dad went on a hunting trip. Yeah, very supernatural. <laughs> That's very, it's very true. Um, and so she's like, I'm going to go by myself. I'm going to go look for my grandma. And then immediately Jake's like, no, you aren't. I'm going to go with you. I'll drive. And Diana and Adam are like, there's no way we're like you two go by yourselves. Like Adam does not like Jake. Adam does not trust Jake. Adam has some jealousy issues on the side, but Adam should be following these instincts. So I'm supporting Adam right now. Um, and they're like, we'll go too. And this was the part that actually made me laugh. It's like at the end of all this, Faye is like, well, it's my house. And it's my grandpa. So maybe I should go. <laughs> Just maybe. And they all seem like surprised by this. And I was like, no, it's it's her family. It's kind of weird you didn't ask her first. But regardless, they all decide to go up to this lake house and look for Jane slash look for Grandpa Henry. Uh, we cut away from this to Jake, who is meeting Boss Man, like, in a culvert or a river? Like a river tunnel? I'm sticking with culvert, yeah. Um, my takeaway from this was Boss Man cannot be far from water. This is another water-adjacent boss man scene I was like oh this which I kind of had a moment where I think I was giving the show far too much credit where I was like I wonder if they're setting it like that because they're like witch hunters you know like witch hunters used to drown witches so it's like we always portray him next to a body of water to like reassure that I don't think that's the case I think I'm really deep diving too much into where these settings are but regardless we're like in this culvert and uh jake just kind of catches up boss man and is like here's the sitch and boss man's like cool uh what's what's your plan and he's like jake is like i'm gonna get super close to cassie and then i'm gonna kill her and i'm like sure you are jake sure you are um i do not take jake seriously and i hate him in everything that happens in this episode. Uh, cut to Faye's house where she's like packing a backpack. Her mom, Diana, is there, asks what's going on. Faye says she's going to take a small group trip up to her grandpa's lake house because they haven't heard from grandpa in a while and she wants to see him and her group of friends wants to go. This obviously kind of puts Diana off since she just murdered Henry a few weeks ago. Don. Excuse me, Don. There's too many D names. I, I have this problem. Um, this puts Don off, her mother. 
because she murdered Henry a few weeks ago and is like well don't you have homework and Faye's like not really anyway all my friends are going you don't have to worry about it and Dawn's like well I don't think your grandpa wants a bunch of teenagers just spontaneously show up and she's like he's my grandpa and he loves me I think he'll be happy to see me bye mom I'll tell him you say hi and she sleeps (laughs) so Dawn's unhappy about this and Diana and Adam pick up Faye they're like hey we're gonna drive you Faye accuses them of car blocking her (laughs) because I don't really know where Faye stands with Jake. Yeah, she really pissed me off in this episode for quite a few reasons, but they were really forcing that she's super obsessed with Jake and like, we've kind of seen it, but like, we haven't seen it in this level before. Yeah, I agree. It seems like, cause she gets upset that she's driving with Diana and Adam cause then Jake and Cassie are gonna drive together in a separate car up there. And she wants to drive with Jake, apparently. Um, Or she didn't want Cassie to drive with Jake, more astutely. But in the last episode, I kind of got the vibe that, like, Faye didn't want to be around Jake that much either. Because he's kind of a dick. Um, So, but this episode, she's, like, super obsessed with them. She's all over the map about Jake. And it makes me pretty sad because, as I have said multiple times, I think Faye is my favorite character. And I don't want her to be obsessed with Jake because he's a douche. But she is throughout this episode. And I really just think it's for drama's sake. Like, it feels very forced. And I agree. Not good. So. Just moving on, keep that in mind when I'm like, Faye is weirdly about Jake here. Uh, I'm calling it now. It's weird and I don't like it. But the one good point Faye does bring up is Faye, for her weird fault here, her weird writing here, does know that Diana is still pretty jealous of Cassie. So Faye kind of calls out Diana for being like, you're instigating this because if Cassie is with Jake, then you don't have to worry about Cassie being around Adam. And she kind of calls her out for that shit. And I was like, that's a strong point, Faye. You are good at reading Diana. Yourself, we don't know what's going on. But Diana, you've like, you've got on clutch. Uh, cut away from this, though, where Don has called Charles, whose name I had to look up one more time, once more. I cannot remember Charles' name if my life depended on it. Uh, Charles being Diana's dad and Don's like well fuck Charles uh, all the kids are gonna go look for Henry and he's dead (laughs) what are we gonna do about it like what's going on Uh, this is when it's discovered Charles is the one who attacked Jane at the end of the last episode he's the one who has the crystal now and he has Jane's phone he moved Henry's body. He tells Don this. He's like, don't worry about it. His body's not in the house anymore. We scrapped that plan. I got rid of the body. And he's also kidnapped Jane. So he has just Jane in the back of his car. Which is like bold. I didn't know Charles was this bold. I'd like to come back around to when I've said things like this. And you point out. We literally first met him murdering Amelia in cold blood. So 
very fair. And then I came around to your thinking where you're like, yes, but he never like murdered a child in cold blood like Nick. I was like, that touche. This is probably has really thrown him for a loop and he's going to get like a little more gentle. But no, that's that's not what happened at all. We're over that. I, I came around to your thinking and then was immediately like, oh, no, right. This is Charles. Uh, <laughs> Took you too long. Moving on. Yep. Episode eight is where I was like, oh, this is Charles. Never mind. Uh, we cut to Jake and Cassie who are in the separate car driving together. Like Jake kind of awkwardly points out that there's a storm coming and Cassie's like, oh, what gave it away? The thunder or the clouds? And Jake's like, okay. And then they have this like really weird talk about Nick where he's like, he's like, yeah, I wish I'd gotten to like reconnect with Nick more before he died. And she's like, yeah, like I know what it's like to like lose family. And I'm really sad that like you lost Nick like that. And at this moment, is when I, the viewer, had a realization. Where the fuck is Melissa? They said at the very beginning, Faye says Melissa's mom took her out of town for a while because she's been acting so melancholy over Nick. I totally missed it. Like, as soon as Diana and Adam get in the house, Faye says it. As everybody's in the room together. I must have just like missed, like glossed right over it because there's like no reaction to that statement, which yeah. brings me to my next thought. This is not, this is like no character moment. This is just my thought. Remember how last episode I was like, I really felt suspense and I thought they were going to kill Melissa. If you're not going to have her in following episodes, why didn't you just kill Melissa? scheduling conflict like i just i feel like you had the ideal opportunity to set stakes and make like the witch hunters like legitimate villains where they did take out one of the circle and they didn't and instead they were just like yeah melissa's traveling (laughs) i can't believe we wrote out melissa needed a small break why didn't we just kill her like i because I will say my vibe of this episode is it does feel cleaner without Melissa there. I'm sorry, Melissa. It does. It, it's a better group. It jives better. Everyone gets a bit more screen time. The conversations work better. Like, Well, and I also feel a big part of it was the fact that we literally kept them together as a group for the whole episode. Versus in others, we have them break apart and come together and break apart, etc. So I, I, feel- I do feel like that contributed. Not just the fact that I do agree that Melissa being gone actually kind of helps smooth things over. It really but helps. Again, things. the fact that we force them all together the whole episode basically really helped too. I think it's also just Melissa's always kind of been there to be, I guess the the nitpicker of the bad kids like melissa hangs out with faye faye's her best friend and she was dating nick and faye and nick were the two who were like we don't want to be a part of the circle like fuck this but that meant in every conversation or like everything we did where faye and nick were like oh let's like go here and drink instead like screw diana it was always then like 
a quick cut to Melissa being like, you guys, she's not that bad and we shouldn't be drinking right now. Like, you know, like M- Melissa didn't have a personality outside of like picking small fights with her two best friends. So I really think her not being here just kind of allows Faye to like be Faye and no one like has to defend Melissa like because she's like the small little voice like everyone's just kind of able to like do their own thing I again if Melissa was more of a character but she's not she she's here to move the plot and her not being here works is she gonna come back this is now my new question because I feel like she was just written out no she comes back I was peeking through future episodes kind of i kind of bummed out by that (laughs) it'll all work out stop being so harsh man all right well melissa's not in this episode and it works i feel so bad about that i'm so sorry melissa your actress as an actress you seem amazing as a character you were just given the worst character and i'm sorry i'm so sorry uh last thing that happens in this car is i realized where the hell was melissa uh jake asks cassie about like her magical lineage and kind of encourages her to trace back her family tree he's like well maybe i can give some clues if i could uh look at those parchments again and she's like oh i left them at the house i didn't want to bring them (laughs) and he's like noticeably put out by this and i was like you're the worst spy ever And then they just keep driving. And I was like, yeah, this is, uh, I hate Jake. A lot of this episode is me hating him, so. Fair. He is way too predatory in this episode. He's the fucking worst in this episode. I stand Uh, by my original, like, analysis of him being a predator. But again, I have way more thoughts on this after certain things happen in this episode. So we will circle back. Full circle. Uh, so, a secret circle not so secret no okay <laughs> so they've been driving they're almost there now we're finally at the house it's friggin' pouring it's dark both cars pull up at the same time even though they definitely weren't traveling together yay everybody goes to the door except Faye gets stopped like halfway through because she hears a little girl yelling in the background just yelling for help somebody help me yada yada group gets her attention though with the hide a key they all go in so here's the voice again hey did did you guys hear that voice no it's just her the power's out inside the house which according to Faye is completely normal when there's a big storm like this it's an old house out in the middle of nowhere fair super normal yeah uh no signs of grandpa though unless jake says unless he likes sitting in the dark probably not here fucking dick i i literally made note of this like i make very weird i do not usually make notes of like one-off jokes like i'm like oh unless they like really make me laugh or like they're one-off comments i don't really care and I made note of this because she's like, yeah, it's super normal when the power would be out. And he, she's like, I wonder where my grandpa is. And he's like, maybe he's like sing alone in the dark. And I was like, you're such an asshole. Like you are such an asshole. 
didn't say it quite like that. He He said it very similar to that. Kind of. And I I wanted to punch him in the face. Oh, okay. Anywho, uh, Cassie, though, like, immediately finds her grandma's scarf, like, on the edge of a couch or something like that. So she knows her grandma made it, at least. But there's no other signs of anybody. Well, now that she's not driving, Cassie decides, well, I'll try calling my grandma one more time. But, oh, wait, while I was driving, I missed a text from her. Said, you know, hey, there's spotty service. I'm going to go see another friend on my way home, but I'll actually be home tomorrow. Cool. And And we as the viewer know it's not Jane because Charles has her phone. Just, Just to clarify, yeah. No mention of the grandfather. Yeah. Because of the weather and everything, they all decide to stay the night. So the guys go to set up a generator. Diana and Cassie go to look for flashlights, check out the food situation, etc. Faye goes to the liquor cabinet and checks that all out. While Faye is conveniently alone, checking out the liquor cabinet, she notices water dripping from upstairs under the banister. There's wet footprints leading up the stairs. They end in like a puddle with small red rain boots. Faye gets reasonably freaked, starts going back down the stairs and notices the footprints are no longer there. Goes to check, the boots are no longer there. Creepy. Dun, dun, dun. I will say this is the point in the episode where I had the most hope for the episode. Because as we've established throughout many shows at this point, I have a very specific, like, genre love. Just like the episodes where it's like, let's take two two characters, let's take the main cast, let's lock them into a house where it's going to be this, like, one setting. You know, it's isolated. There's not much they can do, but really, like, dive into each other's relationships and their own And then there's like an outside force that's still like keeping them here in this location or driving this location. I'm kind of a sucker for that setup. Like I like it in Witches of East End. I like it in Clue. It's actually some of my favorite Supernatural episodes. I just, I like that idea. And that's usually my favorite episode. And so I got really excited, but then then this episode made me sadder as well. I'm a little split on my analysis at this point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we have a quick cutaway though. Don is upset that Charles took so long. He's finally back at her house. So Jane has been drugged. She's got a bunch of sleep pills in her system. She's out for a while. Charles reveals he has the crystal. So Don like instantly lights up and forgives him, it seems. Turns out he admits actually. Jane is the one who found the crystal, it was in a secret compartment, and he just happened to take it from Jane once he knocked her out. So now they need a spell to control Jane's memory. But Charles has an idea. And then we cut away. Cut away to Diana and Cassie. All Blanketed up and snugly on the couch. Again, back in Henry's lake house. Diana brings up, I think Jake has a thing for you, Cassie. And Cassie does sort of weird, but also sort of normal high school girl denial and then hopefulness. 
No, no. You think so? Like, don't date Jake Cassie or better. Than yeah, that. which made me giggle. And then I was like, girl, he is 18. Right? It's it's illegal. It's predatory. Don't don't date this, don't date this man. <laughs> and then I felt old because I was like, oh, I've taken that route. It's the right route. I still stand by it. But I felt like like it was flashback to when, you know, when you're watching Little Mermaid forever you agree with ariel and then you get to a certain point you get to a certain point you're like ariel shut up you're a stupid kid it's like one of those moments i'm 16 year old i'm not a child yes you are um i will say i'm usually one to especially in supernatural settings i kind of give a little bit more leeway not this supernatural setting because they're all humans who seemingly age at the normal human rate But, you know, like, a lot of people, like, bring this up about, like, Edward and Bella and, like, Vampire Diaries and all that crap, where I'm like, I was usually the one who was like, you know what, they're immortal. Give them leeway. At some point, it's like, whatever. Um, At this point, I'm like, no. No, they're all kind of humanoids. They're all aging like a human. And, like, Jake, you, you should be doing something with your life leave the high school girls alone yeah i literally don't care about an age difference once everybody's over 18 if one party's under 18 just back the fuck off it's not right i get weirded out by some age differences like i do too but also everyone's kind of entitled to their happiness and people are weird as yeah like i i'm in no way gonna be like oh my god we have to break them up because no like i i don't have that much energy to put into other people's relationships um i will say when i was 22 my friend who was also 22 was dating an 18 year old and it was weird mostly because we had i myself and my other friends had like nothing in common with an 18 year old when you're 22 Uh, We'd all been able to legally drink for like a year. So we did a lot of things where we wanted to go like wine tasting or to breweries. And like, she obviously couldn't come along. And she was like, yeah, like fresh out of high school. And it, it showed. And I was always kind of like, all right, dude, it's really weird that you're dating this, this person. So just to clarify, because I'm curious now, the older one identified as male and the younger one female yes okay see i feel like that actually creeps me out less because guys are so fucking immature compared to women that's very true there's a lot of studies that show that they age they mature slower Uh, than women yes and it's typically about three years difference so and very conveniently my husband's about three years older than me I, I mean, they dated for years. Like I'm, I'm not, I, like I said, I had no point trying to break them up or anything. Like this wasn't like, you can't date her. Like, cause it's wrong. Like, no, like it was really just, I had a identified as male friend who was dating and identified as female person who was 18. We were all 22 and the girls identify as girls, um, of the 22 age range, really just didn't get along with her because we had nothing in common with her. It, it wasn't personal. It was just like, oh, there's a four-year difference here and it shows. 
Uh, that was my only experience with a huge like age difference in close personal proximity. And it didn't like make or break a friendship. It was just like, ah, do we have to take her? It's just a thing that yeah, like Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is obviously on a whole other legal predatory uh, pedophilia style problem. But, you know, maybe we're old. Maybe maybe the fact that we're not yet 30 is somehow showing how bad the show is. I don't know. But I don't like it and I hate Jake and I want to punch him. He also kind of reminds me of Aqua's ex-husband. Yeah. Who I almost punched in real life. Like I I was was gotta get to that. Inches from punching. Okay, we'll talk about this at the end as we continue. (sighs) Anywho, so yeah, Cass kind of secretly thrilled that sexy Jake really likes her. And suddenly the power comes on. Yay! And also Faye comes in. I'm going to need a drink or several. And I'm going to text my mom before she gets freaked out, telling her we're staying the night. And since I'm soaked to the bone, I'm going to go take a hot bath. Faye's like me at this moment. I'm like, yeah, that's... (laughs) Yeah, fair. But also, all I could think of, again, me, an old lady in a younger person's body, all I could think of was... Faye, the power has been out for a while. There's not any hot water to use. There could be some hot water in the hot water heater. In an old-ass house like that, I feel like I can almost guarantee you it wouldn't have held heat quite that well. I don't know the plumbing situation, but I have been in my house when the power's gone out and had hot water for at least 12 hours, so. I have not. I don't know what to tell you. Ours um, was old as fuck. The house but, wasn't. The heater was. That uh, makes more sense. Plus, I feel like I identified with Faye here, where I was like, that sounds like a good Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. Baths are always a good idea, especially when you got a good bath bomb. And she has like a clawfoot tub, as it turns out, at her disposal. I but was, I was like, just about to say, also, that clawfoot tub. I feel like that would suck up a lot of the heat, too. Oh, totally. So but I'm very jealous of it. I anywho, my yes. dream is to have a clawfoot tub, like my life's dream. <laughs> very easy, please, person. <laughs> so you say? I really am. You're really not. How dare so... you? Faye's <laughs> gonna go take a bath. Hits on Jake in that way. I'm not even going to repeat it because it's weird. So weird. (laughs) Cassie says they need a fire to actually get the house warm. Diana and Adam go to make drinks. And this is where it starts to get really creepy for me. Yeah. Jake says they should start a fire with a spell. Cassie's all into that. Uh, But he's going to help her create a fire without saying a spell out loud. So he gets really touchy-feely and he's like caressing her and he's behind her and like kind of holding her hand, her wrist sort of thing, just centering her. But it's a little too predatory and freaked me out because again, he's 18 and she's 16. And 
I'm going to bring it up now. I'm sorry. The whole thing right there was me debating with myself. So later on, there's going to be a scene where Adam is super mushy. And I hate that scene. But at that scene, between starting with this with Jake and at that scene, I was like, this is CW just trying to score all the teenage hormones. Because we have the absolute super romantic mushy gushy. And we have the hot, dangerous, sexy relationship. And now that I'm no longer run by said hormones like that, I was, I kept trying to like go back and forth with myself. I'm like, is it just the fact that like my hormones have changed and I'm in a healthy relationship that I no longer find this? And I was like, would I have really found this a turn on when I was in high school? Like, I think yes, but also I think no. I think no. Because, like, I like me a bad-looking man. But I do feel like Jake's just a little too creepy predatory. So I kept going back and forth with myself of whether, like, would I have really liked this or would I not have? And that was sort of how I judged the whole rest of the interactions through, or at least I tried to. But it all just kind of turns out bad with Jake. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit deep here on Jake. And by deep, not in any way character or emotionally, I'm gonna go into the legal system. Do you remember when this podcast was all about magic? Right? Not anymore. <laughs> Let me tell you about companies and the legal system. That's why you got tuned into this podcast, baby. Uh, I do know that the creators of Vampire Diaries is a company. Um, the creator of, the writer of Vampire Diaries, for I think the first four books is an actual person. But after that, they, I don't know how to describe it. What they did with Vampire Diaries, they, they fired the author who was working for this company and did like the kind of group mind writing where it was like a ghost writer for each novels similar to Nancy Drew books so there isn't like an actual writer of vampire diaries following the first few books there is a company that wrote vampire diaries that owns the right to vampire diaries and the reason I bring this up is fun fact they did the exact same thing for the secret circle oh they are also they own the copyright and creator credits of Secret Circle, which is why it's on the CW, 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 similar to the Vampire Diaries. So I get this feel from this that as a company who was making money after monies on the Vampire Diaries, they were like, let's kind of copy and paste a character outline from that into the Secret Circle. And that's what they did with Jake. So now we have Jake. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree with that. It doesn't work for Jake, and here is my reasons. Jake is a human guy. Yes, he has magic. Cool. He's just this human dude, though. Like, if we did a spell to strip him of his magic, he's just a guy. This kind of, like, edges on predatory flirtation danger thing works really well with your characters who are vampires and or werewolves because it's kind of that like animalistic base instinct where it's like oh I have to like fight this like deep 
dark feeling within me. And that's where like the sexiness comes from. That's where you get like those hormones where you're like, oh my, oh geez. But when it when you boil it down, it's just a dude. It comes off much more predatory and less sexy. Like this scene would work well in the Vampire Diaries. It would work really well in the originals. I agree. And that's what I was thinking of as I was sort of also debating this too. It's like, this is very reminiscent. I really liked Vampire Diaries. And I recognize they were super cheesy, but I still really liked it. Agreed. Is that why I'm liking this? Yeah. A whole internal war with myself for literally not any real reason. But the whole like sex appeal of the vampires is that like slight predatory nature. Because they're immortal. Because they're it immortal. Into that. Yes. Yeah. And it's kind of the same with like werewolves because it's like, ooh, they're like, a little danger because they're animalistic and it's like oh um with a witch though it's just like what are you doing leave her alone <laughs> i feel like there's witch culture and witch magic and just kind of that media is also a very female dominated space in addition having very kind of like predatory masculine energy there doesn't just it doesn't work it doesn't fit it doesn't fit the scenes you want. That's that's my reasoning. That's my thought into laws and companies for those who were curious. Um, now we know. The more you know. Cue the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to the actual show. So Jake, Alaban, Cassie, and Cassie does indeed glare at the fireplace and it starts. Woo! Cuts away now. That's all. <laughs> Cuts away. Thank you. Uh, Welcome. <laughs> Faye is drinking straight from a bottle, just relaxing in the bathtub. Living her best life. <laughs> yeah. As best she can at the moment. When it suddenly turns very weedy, murky, disgusting, she screams freaks out fair commercial break but then we cut back to face just in a towel bringing everybody in and of course the water's fine it's funny that you said commercial break because i we rarely call out commercial breaks uh, when we're doing our recaps so i was like off screen Faye gets the gang <laughs> yeah i was like it's a cut but it's not a cut it didn't feel like a cut because of the commercial break, but it is technically a full cut because mm-hmm. we had things happen in between. Yeah, like time That's passes. calling it out. Yeah, 100%. I was like, I was also curious to see how you were going to figure <laughs> that you. one out. <laughs> uh, hope I did it justice. Hope you approve. That's all I, I strive for in my life. Nikki's approval. That's right. You should. It's very fucking difficult. <laughs> so water's fine face defensive about it though you know everybody's like did you just fall asleep did you maybe drink a little bit too much like it's okay Faye. just maybe these things were the ones that happened like stop tripping balls yeah they really think that she's like so drunk she's hallucinating and i'm like she's the- she's not that drunk you guys <laughs> yeah but i could believe like the falling asleep sort of yeah but anywho Everybody starts to walk out. Faye holds back Cassie and blames Cassie for what happened. 
uh, you're the one with lone magic. So obviously it has to be you trying to make me look crazy just so you can have Jake all to yourself. Cassie swears it's not her. Like, calm down, Faye. Literally not about any of this. And this is where I really start to hate Faye in this episode. Because normally, like, she's fine. She's funky. She's a little bit much, but it's entertaining. In this episode, she's a fucking psycho. And I felt like it was so forced. I, I think the idea that this is like somehow stemmed in jealousy over Jake is the most forced and why I hate it the most. The idea that she's seeing and hearing things, this is like what her third time that she's had something happen. And she's immediately like, Cassie, I think it's you. You can catch the magic without us. Knock it off. That's fair. That's That's a good critical thinking, like fair rationalization of the character because Faye and Cassie there's no love lost between them like or and even if it's like Cassie is doing it without realizing it like I think that is a fair plot hook to use um the fact that it's attached to Jake is what just makes Faye seem unhinged and I don't like that but I will still defend Faye in this episode because she does feel like she's going crazy so she kind of starts acting a little jumpy and a little on edge. I think it was a little too over the top. Uh, but again, later on, there are scenes that I like with Faye. That's Particularly good. one, actually. But anywho, so not Cassie with this. Cuts over. We're actually at the old house in the middle of nowhere that the circle practices their magic at. The abandoned house. Yeah. Charles and Diane, I almost said Diana again, are there. Charles and Dawn. Thank you, Nikki. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Too many Ds. Charles and Dawn are there. Charles, hey, I followed them. This is where they practice. They're both sort of like looking through all the books and the herbs and just feeling reminiscent of their early magic days when they were trying to figure out their own shit and playing around with magic and every witch knows that moment i certainly connected with those lines it made me feel sweet too i was like oh my god remember when we were just trying to find like a candle we could use like uh, except that then Charles brings it full circle. Yeah. Up until, you know, Blackwell was there yeah. and magic wasn't fun anymore. Yeah. Oh, so very interested on. They keep bringing up Blackwell and I cannot wait for them to finally do the reveal. You're waiting I get for the, the feeling it's probably going to be like two three more episodes knowing the cw and how many episodes we actually still have left or honestly i probably wouldn't be surprised if they try to save it until like the 20th episode yeah as i say i give it at least five and i'm hoping not but we'll see um and i feel like he's gonna be like a sexy sexy dad oh yeah it's the cw of course thank you (laughs) he's gonna come in like the devil himself (laughs) strutting it Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Charles uses the crystal, though, 
to find um, Diana's book of spells, book shadows. Which is also like kind of his book. There's a lot of thoughts there. Yeah, he keeps calling it her book because I guess she's inherited it now. And I'm really confused on like the dynamics of the family because so I assume because it does kind of happen a lot like we said witchcraft tends to be seen and historically sort of was a more woman dominated field so I can see it's sort of like witches of East End it's more matrilineal where the book passes on that way which would make sense to why it jumped Charles and went to Diana and why he doesn't have control of it. But honestly, IDK. Anywho. My thought was just maybe when he got stripped, it like went to Diana instead. Maybe, Um, but like the books have some sort of sentience. Yeah, exactly. As we've seen by them finding it, by the way that Cassie found it. But also, like, come on, it's a book. There's only so much. I, I, I just made weird note where he was like, we all look for Diana's book. And I was like, it's like your family's book, though. So it's like your book. T- you, I, it was just the weird way he said it. That I was like, I kind of wish you said like our family's book or something. Just like give it a possessive yeah. word there instead of Diana's. Yes, I agree. Uses Crystal find the book because Diana has been really keeping it close to her and she wouldn't want the group to find it. So then being all crammed in cars, she's going to leave it somewhere safe. Something interesting, though, he does note that I took note of. uh, She hasn't been leaving at the house anymore. He said she does not keep the book at the house anymore. And I was like, oh, some mistrust going on in that household. Hmm. Yeah. The spell that Charles uses almost literally translates from Latin to English. I find the shadow book. (laughs) Really fucking clever people. Very witches of East End spell there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you who know, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Because watching this, I was like, I don't. I don't do Latin, okay? But like Umbra, I've come across enough. Libra, I've come across enough. I was like, I know sort of shadowish for Umbra. Libra, Liberty. Okay, what what are you getting at? So, you know, do the whole Google it. I find the shadow book. Great. Creative, man. CW writing. I'm glad it's more legit this time, it seems. Uh, Anywho, so the book is stashed under a loose board on the stair. They find it. Dawn does exactly what Faye did when seeing someone else's book and just gets, like, horny for it. But, you know, she wants to take it. We'll have it back before the kids return. It's fine. We'll never know. Charles, no, it's Diana's book. She keeps it here. We're going to keep it here. We're literally just going to take the one spell we need. Which honestly surprised the fuck out of me. A, a lot of like Don and Charles's dynamic is how freaking horny they are for magic. But then at the end of the day, how they try so desperately to be good parents. And I'm like, I just don't know what to do with you two. Like, they don't know what to do with themselves. Let's be honest. So 
Dawn's very upset that she actually can't take the book. So she kind of immediately launches into, well, give me the crystal. Charles refuses. Admits, yes, I was very upset after Nick. But, you know, I'm good. And I'm the one who found the crystal. So I'm going to hold on to it. And I'm going to keep it and do whatever I want. And you're not going to stop me, Don. And then, of course, he's, he comes to his senses a little bit, it seems. And follows with within reason. But I felt like I saw a little bit of that crazy person that we first saw when he was burning Amelia to death. Agreed. I was like, oh, Charles is going a little crazy again. That's fun. Charles Charles is back. Nick had his time. We done mourned him. It's over. Charles gets his groove back. Yeah. So we cut away from uh the shenanigans of Don and Charles to the gang who's all sitting around and they're in the living room they have like some drinks out on the table the kind of like coffee table and they're gonna play truth or dare this is mostly Faye's idea and a lot of them are like oh god why and she's like listen there's no tv there is no cell phone signal and there's nothing else to do in this godforsaken house let's play a drinking game and I was like, Faye, hey, I really respect you right now. Same. Would have done the same. Yeah, this is also a scene that, like, kind of gave me that, like, teenage nostalgia vibes of it's just, like, everyone's kind of, like, sitting around. There's, like, curled up on couches. There's, like, some drinks out. And, you know, there's not, like, much for them to do. There's no, like, thoughts of, like, oh, I have work in the morning. It's like, no, let's just, like, play this game. And I don't know, it made me feel really good. I don't know why, it just did. It really just got to me for a minute. And basically, I'm not going to go through the whole game of Truth or Dare, because it's like a lot. But here's kind of the breakdown. Is like, Faye dares Diana to take her shirt off which is like a solid high school dare. Like I was like, all right, touche. Uh, Faye does it. And then like Adam like gives her a blanket so she can cover up if she wants. And she's kind of puts on her lap because Diana like turns out has no shape. So good on you, Diana. And then Diana like retorts with a truth from Faye asking how many people she slept with. But this is where we find out from Faye that she's actually only slept with two people. This kind of like cuts to Adam, who doesn't trust Jake, as I said. So he like truths Jake to be like, why weren't you kidnapped with the rest of us? And then they get in a like huge kind of like back and forth where he's like, maybe I'm just stronger than you because I'm an alpha male. Ugh. And Adam's really pissed about it. And I'm like, all right, Adam, like punch him or don't. Let's just move this along. Uh, Finally, we get to Cassie, who Faye does truth or dare on and just blatantly says what her truth is going to be if if Cassie accepts it. And it is bad, but it is kind of (laughs) hilarious. I did kind of love Faye here. Where she's like, all right, Cassie, is it humanly possible for you not to, like, date someone who has dated someone else in this group? 
like do you need to be dating like someone else here and I was like touche <laughs> it's a good hit on Cassie because I do have this life philosophy that I think I've said multiple times in this podcast don't date your way through your friends it comes off poorly and it doesn't work and that's how you lose your friends and Cassie I am fine with like I've come to terms with the Cassie Adam relationship I am fine if that's something they want to like jive with us because he's like one guy here it would have been worse if it was like also Nick and also Adam and now also Jake um but two out of three is not looking good for Cassie is my point uh same with Jake though you know two out of three is not looking great for Jake so I don't like it on either hand and uh it's not looking great for Adam either Adam's also coming off poorly here but I don't know uh Cassie doesn't want to answer this obviously so she takes a dare instead Faye's about to dare her and then Diana jumps in instead and is like oh I dare you to like kiss Jake and she does she crawls over to Jake and kisses him uh this makes both Adam and Faye upset for obvious reasons and then Diana's like disgusted that they're upset with her and I'm like Diana this is you just like brought matches to a gasoline fire I don't know why you did this to everyone here and it's horrible uh Faye gets pissed and she's like you know what I'm just gonna fucking leave and she takes the keys and runs out and Cassie is about to run after her and I think I don't know who says it one of them's like no let her go Faye's been drinking a lot yeah uh I think Diana's about to run after her she takes Adam's keys and Adam says let her go we've seen Faye do like three shots during this game they should not be driving is my point and again maybe I'm the lame adult but I took note to this I was like no one should let Faye get in a car right now guys like no matter how upset she is like it's fine if she's just like I just want to sit in this car by myself like and chill like that's that's totally cool I'm like all right Faye I feel it you just want some alone time but like don't let her drive it's kind of my point anyway it's kind of a fun scene it reminds me of high school but it's like kind of also the worst because Jake is just fucking trash so we cut away to Faye, who's outside in the rain. She gets into Adam's truck. She's like sits there, which is why I was like, maybe she wasn't going to drive. Like maybe she just wanted to hang out like in the car, which I understand. Um, but then while she's out there, she sees like a little girl in a raincoat. And she's like, oh my God, and gets out of the car. And the little girl goes running away and Faye goes running after her. So yeah, that's going on. Uh, cut back inside where Cassie is just like wandering around carrying a blanket. I, I don't know what her goal was here, but she has a blanket. And she goes into the room, into a room. I think it might be a study. Yeah, I thought so too at first, but Lynn's got like, it's like a basement, but it's also. It has like windows. A, yeah, and it's got a bar. Yeah. I have no but idea. It's stacked what... with books haphazardly and just. 
I don't know what it was supposed to be, but it's basically like a storage room at the moment. No idea this room's purpose. Um, but she goes in there and she's just kind of like snooping around. And then she knocks over some books and she goes to pick them up. And as she does, she finds a photo that was like in the pages of one of the books. And it's a photo of the little girl. Gasp. What? Never. Um, but then Jake comes in and just has to ruin the scene. I hate this. I hate this so much. This is really what ruined the episode for me. I, I stand by this. So Jake comes in to talk to Cassie. Cassie like puts the little photo away, puts the books away. And she brings up how like what they did made Faye upset. And he's like, oh yeah, Faye. She likes to think our relationship was like interesting and complicated but I think we didn't really have a relationship, you know? Jake is an asshole. Well, and yeah, I like how Cassie kind of calls him out at this point, spoken like a true guy, like sort of said in disgust. Cassie was not disgusted enough by this. No, she was, she seemed a little bit to me, but she does rapidly change her mind for sure. It's so horrible because what we do know, we know very little about Faze and Jake's relationship. What we do know is it was awful. It ended horribly. It broke Faye's heart. And Melissa has said multiple times how when Faye was in the relationship, she acted just so weird, which again, makes me feel like it was slightly abusive. Poe really slams it home. Not for the jake faye relationship exactly but for the jake's a fucking creep is sort of the next line where jake you know cassie's getting all upset and jake says that she's cute when she's angry and that's a huge red flag both in the show in real life that's a huge red flag because then they keep trying to make you angry and that's not respecting your person just so that they can get the one reaction they want to see and that they weirdly get delighted about. Huge red flag. Hated that. I agree. He makes a lot of comments where he's like, you're feeling like angry and confused and afraid right now. And like, those are all the emotions you need to feel if you're going to practice like your solo magic. Uh, this is also where I had this weird moment where I was like, I'm sorry, is she Anakin Skywalker? And you were trying <laughs> to bring her to the dark side? What the fuck is happening here? <laughs> I was like, all right. Didn't realize I turned to Revenge of the Sith. You freak. Um, but yeah, he's just an asshole who says all these horrible things to her. And then Cassie's like, oh, you don't really understand. And he's like, yeah, you're just afraid of how much I understand. And um, then Cassie starts making out with him. Oh, yeah. Cassie's like, well, at least let me prove them all right what they're all thinking and starts making out with him. What seems like with the intent to fuck him. Yeah, there's intent. <sighs> and like. But then I, Jake does the weird thing and he stops it. I was shocked. I was too. Good for him. That was a huge win in my book. Not enough to redeem by no means, but 
it was a good surprise. I was very surprised. Uh, it does not win Jake at any points, but I was like, huh, fascinating. Um, but it did lose some points on Cassie. Where I was like, Cassie, you are better than this. Yes, but also I, I briefly thought the same. Then I gave her benefit of the doubt because we've previously established she's been a loner. She's also in a new situation. She's suddenly feeling much more powerful. Probably going to her head a little bit. She's got the attention of a cute older guy that does something for young women. It does. It's all the combination of factors where she just says, fuck it. I'm going to go with the hormones and the situation. And thankfully, Jake extracts himself. Doesn't take advantage of the situation. Shockingly enough, it's it's surprising. Definitely. Um, this scene is awkward and horrible to watch. And I am I'm sad I had to watch it. It it made me sad. Um, but we got away from it. Thank the living gods. To uh Diana is pissed walking out of the house um in the backyard. She says she's saying go get firewood. Adam's chasing after her. Uh Diana is upset because when Cassie was kissing Jake. Adam was noticeably upset. And she's like, calls him out on this. And Adam's trying to defend himself, saying he wasn't. Um, he was just like upset that Diana would dare her to do something like that. And he doesn't know how to like reassure her anymore. And they kind of kind of argue about this for a little bit until they get to the woodshed. And then this Adam does bring up a point which I'm pissed about because it's an excellent point, but it's so quickly dropped. He says the reason Diana doesn't like Cassie, the reason they're not together, the reason all this is happening and she has all this drama that she's initiated is because for the first time in Diana's life, she feels doubt because Cassie showed up and Diana is no longer the de facto smartest, most powerful, like prettiest here. And she's never had to deal with doubt of her abilities or who she was once in her life. And now that she is, she's questioning everything. And I was like, this is an excellent point. This is like the point of Diana. And I loved it. And I was like, what a beautiful point, Adam. You're reading her correctly. Diana is like spiraling because she's never been challenged once in her life. And it's obvious. But then they ruin it by starting to have sex. (sighs) Yeah, this is the scene where Adam gets super mushy and I fucking hated it. We established last episode, I'm not a mushy romantic. I like romantic gestures. There's a few chick flicks that I have to go through rotation because they're good, but it's not for me. This was like the epitome of high school mushy bullshit. But I did like some of the points, like you just said. Particularly, I like that Diana says, well, that's not a good sign, a sign of a good relationship now, is it? And then Adam comes back with, well, if you wanted to be gone, you wouldn't try so hard to convince yourself. And then that's when they suddenly start making out and it gets hot and heavy really quick. 
And I think based on that and sort of when they come back in a few heavily implies they got a nice quickie in the shed. Oh, 100%. She like is going for his belt when they cut away. Yeah. Yeah. Which Uh, was so sudden and just hot damn. I, hmm, I hate this only because I, I like Adam and Diana apart. I find them much more interesting when they're not together. And I liked even, I think it was a couple episodes ago when Diana did break up with Adam and she showed up at Cassie's house and she was like, for the first time ever, I have to realize like who I am by myself. That is a good thing to have to figure out. Like if you never realize who you are alone, then you really never really know who you are in a relationship. And I was like, oh my God, this may be great. We had to see like Diana, like go on a journey and, um, don't fuck Adam. It's now just my point, Diana. Stay true to yourself. Um, and I get it. Like Adam still has feelings for her and there's still like a lot of that, like, oh, well, there's a lot of history there. So I'm like, I'm willing to let this go. I was more or less upset that it happened following such a poignant, like character analysis where I was like, ah, like Adam, you nailed it. And then like, they started nailing each other. And I was very sad. I was like, oh, I, thought we were gonna just psychoanalyze each other <laughs> um doesn't yeah. psychoanalysis get you all hot and heavy nikki I uh, mean, come on. a little bit <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah so <laughs> that happens anyway we cut away from that because they're they're having sex and Cassie is now leaving the house. She's going looking for Faye outside. And shocker of all shockers, Cassie sees the little girl in the raincoat and is like, oh, like, where are your parents? Are you okay? And the little girl goes running away. So Cassie goes running after her where she finds Faye, who's like hanging out in the rain under a tree. Poor Faye. She's just having a day. And... Cassie runs up to her, asks if Faye is okay, asks if she saw the little girl, like trying to figure out what the fuck is going on here. And this is when Faye reveals she knows the little girl. She knows that outfit. She knows exactly the situation. Uh, that little girl is her when she was like 10. Six. Yes. Six. I doubt that. They specifically say six. I, the actress looks 10. Uh- Probably because <laughs> they always always everybody always is older than they act yeah but they specifically say in the show she's supposed to be six all right fair enough uh this is when we find out from Faye that she remembers this memory very specifically her and Cassie are kind of like walking through the woods at this point and she says that she remembers when she was very very young that she was playing here and she was upset so she went out to the lake and she was throwing rocks and she was trying to skip rocks on the lake So then she couldn't get them very far in because she was very young and went out to the docks and started throwing rocks from the edge of the dock. And when she reeled back to throw a relatively larger rock, she lost her balance. And next thing she remembers is, is that there was water everywhere and she couldn't see and she couldn't hear and she couldn't breathe. And everything was just a mess of sensations. But the next thing she knew, an arm was pulling her out of the lake. 
and she was on the docks and she was alive. And that was the day her grandpa saved her life. What a sweet, adorable, horrible story. Yeah. I was truly touched. Yeah. This brought up a lot for me. And plus also, I've been in a really supernatural funk. So when she said a hand gripped my arm and yanked me out, I was like, gripped your arm and raised you from perdition (laughs) immediately. Cast you out? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is that you? (laughs) Just autofill just automatically did that. But then it was a sweet moment between her and her grandfather. No wonder why she loves her grandfather so much. Yeah, I... I think honestly the murderer of Henry is very very tragic for this show like it's it's surprisingly a deep cut for this show just because what we know of a Faye of the character of Faye you know she never knew her dad um her and her mom obviously don't really see eye to eye she feels like her mom is very much micromanaging her life a lot Mostly because her mom's a principal at the school where she's going through her teenage years. And that's very difficult for a teenager to be constantly around the parental figure. Let's just be real. And it seems like she never really had much influence of a parental figure outside of her mom who never really got her. And the person who she really seemed to connect with, who was this parental figure that kind of like understood accepted Faye every time was her grandpa and like he lost his son Faye's dad obviously so Faye's kind of also his last connection to his child and I think probably Faye takes after her dad if I had to make assumptions it seems like Faye is probably very much her dad's child so Henry probably sees a lot of like being a second parent to Faye and then got murdered by fucking Don. I don't think I can ever forgive Don and Charles for this, honestly. I think I think it was a secret between Henry and Faye. Like they both kind of fucked up in that situation. It was remedied in the end, but like mom doesn't really need to know about this. Mm-hmm. So, because he was like probably babysitting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he probably felt guilty for it was like, I shouldn't have let her be by herself for that long or something, which is like, a, again, a totally parental reaction. Like you, you're supposed to supervise very young children, but like it, it happens that they run off. Like, it's just, that's life for you. Like children do that because they don't think of consequences to their actions because they're children. So Especially like the- when you have a bunch of land, because I've done that exact same thing to my grandfather. No, my great grandfather, because he also had like a hundred something acres of land. I grew up on two acres. And I used to run off all the time. Like I was like, I'm a feral child. And I would just run into the woods. Like that's just, that's children. I just, this scene was very touching. I think Faye portrays it very well. And I really think it kind of doubled down on how much Dawn took from Faye. Because like I said earlier, uh, Dawn and Charles always walked this weird line of being like our villain slash trying desperately to be really good parents. 
And this is one of those moments where I'm like, I think Dawn doesn't understand her own child and doesn't understand how much she really brutally scarred her daughter by murdering Henry. Well, and we have yet to even see the full depth because again, this all comes around at the end. Yes. Where, you know, this is just the first reaction to Faye. Yeah. So yeah, so at this point, we've heard the story of Faye. Faye realizes that the girl is obviously there for a reason. And then we've cut away. So back to the actual storyline real quickly, get through this. Uh, Cuts again real quickly to Charles is telling a sleeping Jane, a knocked out Jane. (sighs) Villain monologue. (laughs) He never really liked her. And it's not just because the elders took their power, which honestly would be reason enough not to like her. But it's really also more the fact that she always just is so smug and self-righteous and just dull. Jane is like an ER nurse. I don't know where this is coming from. He sees her as an authority figure and he rebels. That's all I got. So anywho, so the spell that they actually found will let Charles like fully control Jane. And he thinks because of that, you know, because he'll be able to control her movements and what she says, they can be friends after that. Good serial killer moment there. Then we cut back to the actual interesting things. Honestly, how I felt. Oh, 100%. This point on to basically the end is probably my favorite part of the episode. So we cut back. Faye is again hearing the little girl, runs to the lake, (sighs) screams as if anyone can hear her uh somebody help her yada yada adam does actually come out tries to drag Faye out of the water that she's knee deep in cassie's trying to scream and reason with her from the shore diana comes down tries to yell a few things jake comes down is silent but then cassie looks over and sees that same girl in the raincoat and rain boots on the edge of the deck dock sorry so cassie in a trance goes there puts her hands on the water automatically does something water starts bubbling and then henry's dead body floats up from the bottom so then we have a good hard cut the cops are all over the place we see don pulling up a very distraught Faye goes over to her, you know, wrapped in one of those stereotypical medical blankets for the shock. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. We also see a body bag being wheeled away. Adam and Diana are actually still giving the report to cops. Cassie and Jake are just kind of there. Yada, yada. Faye goes home with her mom. And then we kind of, you know, see all these details again. Um, cut over to Jake is actually driving Cassie back. Cassie's mind is blown that 
Henry used Faye's own memory to reach out to her. Jake tells her sometimes when a witch dies, her energy hangs around. Like this is natural. It's weird, but it's natural. It just kind of happens. Yeah, it's a thing. What he finds really amazing is the fact that Cassie saw it all too. I hate Jake. Yes. Um, but and Cassie goes on, like, when I put my hands in the water, I just instinctively knew what I needed to do. I, hate oh, I guess I should mention that, like, briefly on the dock, right before, right after Faye comes over and screams about Henry being dead, Jake points out that the rope looks like it was cut. So that obviously was the result, or we're led to believe that was obviously the result of Cassie's magic. And that's why the body was able to float up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Cass instinctively knew what to do when she put her hands in the water. Jake is just super impressed with her magical abilities, the fact that she was able to see Faye's memories like that, the whole shebang. Jake's got an almost literal hard on in this J- scene. Jake's got such a boner for this. <laughs> I hate Very obvious. so much. I hated this scene so much. I was like, all right, yeah, it's super sad. Your friend's grandfather died. No, let's talk about how hot Cassie is right now. Like, oh my fucking God. I, oh. See, I was- this didn't bug me as much. What really bugged me was Jake caressing Cassie as a freak when she's trying to make fire. And Adam being stupidly mushy before their quickie. Those two scenes, the worst parts of this whole show. This part, again, Faye actually being like crazy running to the lake all the way through. I'm still good. I'm good. I was good with that. Uh, Yeah. So metaphorical, almost literal boner. Oh, I'm sure it was literal. <laughs> Thankfully, we don't get- it's to see whether or not <laughs> so we don't cut that low cuts over though the um leader whose name we still don't really know boss man yeah if someone has caught it like if it was said and we didn't catch it somebody please freaking dm us because i don't think it's been said before and i don't want to google things too much to reveal too much I swear to goodness, it has not been said so far. I like calling him boss man. I just call him leader. So yeah, Witch Hunter Supreme surprises Jake in his room. First time we've seen him away from a body of water. Amazing. I know. I didn't think that was possible. Um, (laughs) I was like, where's the water, bro? He's going to dunk himself within 12 hours or else his magic. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So... Jake gives his report. Cassie's magic is the strongest that Jake has ever seen in somebody. Let's on that. Obviously, someone besides the hunters are there because someone killed an elder, but hey, they didn't actually do it right. And that's why the energy led them to find the body. It's worrisome that someone behind, besides, sorry, besides the hunters is there. 
So the leader wants to strike now and kill a circle. But Jake says, I need more time to figure out the parchment, the thing that Calvin left behind. Leader says, no, you need to figure out if you're with them or with us is the bottom line. And then we get over. Cassie comes home. I was expecting her to like call out or something like that. She comes in. She's sort of looking around, a little hesitant, gets all the way from the front door into the kitchen before she says anything, really sees anything. Grandma's home. She's in the kitchen. She's making breakfast. Says hi. Cassie breaks the news that Henry is dead. Grandma's stunned. Assumed that, you know, since he didn't answer the door, that he was just away. Confirms again that, no, I never even went inside. I didn't see him. Cassie says, well, well, how strange since your scarf was inside. And Grandma, yeah, that is strange. And then the entire episode ends. What a hanger. There's also just a weird scene where Adam and Diana reaffirm that they're broken up. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I skipped over that because it's dumb. It's, yeah, Uh, super I'll go back. Diana, you know, they pull up to Diana's house. Diana tells Adam, last night was great, but it was the last time. Being with him is all she knows, but she's not sure if it's the right thing. Yada yada. Basically, Adam doesn't want Diana to find out that she's okay without him. And that's when then after we cut to the leader surprising Jake in his room. Might be. There you go. No, no, you're good. You're good. It's just to reaffirm they're still broken up. Um yeah, this episode had some great Faye stuff, and I love Faye, and I was here for that. But I really had to sit through a lot of horrible Jake and people fawning over how great he is when I want to punch him in the goddamn face. So I really think that was to the episode's detriment. I really think the only way I will like Jake is if we kill him. Um, I really feel like, you know, he's like going to nobly sacrifice himself or something. And I'd be like, all right, that's fine. That's there's a good reason you were here, Jake. But if like Jake and Cassie, if Jake and Cassie actually become a thing for like 10 episodes, I'm going to be so over it. Like, I can't stand by that. Definitely going to come up again because obvious. Uh, yeah jake's jake's a predator like this whole episode is still red flags uh but i did really like i think honestly maybe it's just rose colored glasses for the whole episode but the parts between Faye and cassie at the lake to mostly here at the end like that i really got into really liked it and I think really because of that and the fact that we didn't have the worst lead up to it really made the episode for me. I'll be honest. I think just knowing, just watch, being a, being a TV watcher as I did, um, there, was, there was not a lot in this episode that really surprised me. Like 
the fact that was like, oh, Faye's hearing a little girl scream for help. I was like, it's Faye. Like, I, I knew that from the very beginning. Oh, did you now? Oh, but I did, though. Doubt. I did. <laughs> okay. And you haven't said it until now? Because I didn't want to be that person. Um, You're being that person. I mean, I literally... You should have been that person to establish your own credibility earlier. I literally forgot at times that we as the audience didn't know that the little girl wasn't Faye. <laughs> and so like in my notes, when Cassie finds the photo, I was like, oh, Cassie finds photo of little Faye. And then I crossed it out and I was like, little girl, we don't know that yet. Um, I, I just, mean, okay. It's not well hidden. It's a tried and true story plot. And I'm not going to like be mean to the CW for recycling it. But I think it made the episode kind of drag for me a little bit. And the thing I usually like about episodes like this, where it's like, oh, they're all stuck in a house together, is that they all have to like, interact with each other and I think that we separated them a little too soon I liked like truth or dare I kind of liked when we like forced them to all be together that was the parts where I think I was having the most fun but once it was like oh yeah then Jake and Cassie light a fire Jake and Cassie like start making out I was like nope don't like this anymore I'm out I guess when Cassie had the photo I was like oh that looks like young Faye but that's the girl and I was like, huh, I won't think about this until they reveal. So that was my thought. But I I knew pretty quickly on, but like I said, I watch a lot of TV. This is a very tried and true trope. Um, and I'm not gonna deter at CW for it. Like, yeah, play with it. It's fine. It's very tried and true. Uh, I just hate Jake so goddamn much. I hate that they're trying to tease him with Cassie especially because it's been set up and it's so goddamn obvious that like Adam and Cassie are endgame. Jake's just in the way. And I don't like him. <laughs> I can't root for him instead. I can't be like, oh man, but you think they'll get together because they're so good together. No, I'm like, uh-huh. Adam, get in there. No jokes on you. Just like Amelia did, she's going to spurn destiny and go with the saucy bad guy. That would actually be interesting. Um, that, we'll see. that reminds me a lot. I mean, obviously we don't have a season two, but let's like imagine for a second we did. That would remind me a lot of uh, Charmed when Phoebe marries Cole and goes dark. Like, I, I could have seen that like trying to be a plot point. Um well, I mean, they have 22 episodes and technically it did run for like a whole solid year as a single yeah. season for some reason. So I think it, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to make predictions now. But I like this episode. We'll just leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. I was fine with it. Um, but That's a I, huge win for you. I Honestly. I liked the last one more. Um, That's fine. That's fine. Both are huge effing wins. Let's get into a deep dive, shall we? Uh, so this episode, as we kind of said, had shockingly like little magic. Unless we want to talk about tried to be sexy fire making time. <laughs> and it <Yeah>. was not. <laughs> yeah. 
a little insight into the background for y'all. Nikki and I, for several long minutes, were debating what to deep dive about because uh, everything that happens in this episode, we've already deep dived before. So like fire magic and water magic and spirits. It's been done, et cetera, et cetera. Crystals, we've done it. Yeah, any loose connection we came up with, basically we had done it. So we sort of combined, we've done similar deep dives, but not not quite the same. We decided we were going to go into psychic slash mind magic today. Which neither of us are like excellent at, but you know, we're going to, we're going to try our hardest. Um, the main connection here, obviously being Jane. So psychic and just kind of psychic awareness, magic on its own. I've done a little bit of work in just cause I've done a bit of scrying in my time. And I've done some awareness things. Most of my work in it works around runes. Um, I really like psychic runes because you can like draw and paint them on yourself. If you're doing any seeing or scrying or tarot reading, it is a very simple way to add a like a psychic boost. So just to clarify, you're talking runes like ancient Nordic runes? Or is there another subsection? There, okay, that's that's fair. There is another subsection. I would say there are uh, ancient Nordic runes, but also like glyphs. Um, in which case, I have used moon glyphs, and I think there was just like a Wiccan glyph I was using for a while there. Glyphs a very broad category, yeah. but I will definitely accept that. Okay. okay. Thank you for accepting my vocabulary, Sarah. Um, I really like glyphs and symbology and like runic magic and all that. So I like drawing that on yourself and it kind of gives yourself a magical boost and you can make um, like pastes and stuff to draw them on your body using herbs or substances that also can give you a psychic boost in this regard. Um, A lot of these herbs being ones we've talked about before are just kind of like the lavenders and the salts and the basils and One of the most common ones I see as we were talking about psychic magic is the whole third eye glyph uh, magic where it's you either literally draw an eye between your eyes on your forehead or you can draw like a magical glyph there, which is said to open your third eye and allow for more psychic awareness and psychic magic if you are going into any scrying or psychic work of any kind. I don't really work in psychic magic between people that much like most of my psychic magic is either dream work or scrying and tarot reading but I do have like a psychic awareness powder I think aqua honestly made me once and I still have it (laughs) um weirdly enough and I also used to use psychic awareness more in warding and banishments because if you are trying to banish or ward yourself against something specifically usually psychic energy is going to come into that and it's kind of good to know what you are trying to block against valid thank you I feel like it ties in quite closely, honestly, to a lot of like astral projection stuff, which again, we've gone over as a deep dive on its own before. 
because that's honestly I think mostly when I've used it like I don't consciously remember actual projections a whole lot but I know that they have happened if it's more your suit I do know that for mind magics it tends to be um, more of a thinking into existence sort of mindset you know you sort of meditate deeply on something and then it it happens for you as far as I've read up again as far as I've seen on the gram and yada yada that's where it comes up a lot um there's not a whole lot of you know the story mind reading uh telekinesis type things etc that's where a lot of people want to take it and that's not really true to life again as far as i've seen and heard if that is the case that it it can do you can do those things very rare hit me up that kind of touches into like like empatheticness like being an empath and empathy and all that which i'm not going to discredit um i am not one same i know that Sorry. about myself so neither of us have really gone into that branch of magic because that's not what we do but you know if that's something you want to foster and try to manifest a higher regard uh psychic magic is kind of your branch then but again it also all ties into Definitely a lot of spirit work. Um, I feel like what I have come across for psychic actually does end up being a lot of earth magic because you want to definitely ground yourself before you reach out. You want to always have a good anchor when you're doing any sort of, you know, astral projection, out of body, mind, yada, yada. You want to you want to make sure you have a good way to come back. Really, the well, I feel like the element I've seen the most is uh, water magics, which is also hilarious because these are the two elements we are like worst at, and we're like we don't do this. <laughs> see, and water I can see just because yeah, I've definitely seen Earth because of the anchoring prospect. Water though, water's always like turning away falsehoods. You see the truth in water. That's where I feel I've seen it mostly tie into psychic mind work, et cetera. But yeah. F both those. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to start a fire over here, damn it. (laughs) We didn't start the fire. It was always burning. The world's been turning. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So I guess moral of the story is if you're interested in psychic magic, first of all, don't look to us. Uh, Second of all, earth, water magic, elemental magic in that regard is kind of your safety. And there is many branches and veins of which you can take it, either astral projection, scrying, um, just psychic awareness, third eye work. That's kind of more meditation chakra work. Or if you're like super advanced, yeah, I guess you can kind of go into the more mental situation, but neither of us are that advanced or that invested in this form of magic. So we recommend- I was going to say, it's not necessarily advanced for us. 
It's not that we're not that advanced. It's that it's not our vein. It's not our vein. It's not our yeah. branch. But I feel like, as we've said about most veins of magic, if this is something you want to invest in, invest your time in, first of all, just do some research. Second of all, I'm sure there's someone out there happy to teach you. Not us. <laughs> Sorry. We would love to deep dive further, but, and it does sort of crack me up just now thinking about it, how we turn almost everything towards the elements, because that is honestly, again, as we've said before, that's, that's we are. how we practice. <laughs> it's all about, it is literally all about balance. Totally. If you don't balance out your magic, it will rubber band come back to you in some way or form it's not necessarily directly a karma type thing but if you want to think about it that way it's along those lines and the easiest way in my mind and nikki agrees because we you know we've done our circle we've practiced grew up on magic that way it's just just go with the elements very basic very true to form very easy to deal with i think I agree, which is why I feel like we're also like not equipped for this uh, type of magic. Like we are very elemental practitioners and um, very specifically kind of have our own elements that we jive with. You are obviously fire. I'm obviously air and neither of those work great. I know air is kind of like a mental element, which is awesome, but uh, we don't do much with this. At least I don't do much with this. So yeah. And honestly, I feel like this type of you know psychic bind magic is very high level magic it's yeah. a lot of intensity very energy consuming i don't feel like this is for newbies oh yes 100%. you can definitely try it out as a newbie i don't think you're gonna be successful but again as with all magic keep trying and one thing that really resonated with me actually through this episode is when jake is talking about how anger and passion and pain are the gateways to solo magic and that's really freaking true for regular magic as i've honestly discussed in many a deep dive before you let your intentions run wild your magic's gonna run wild if you can focus and really sharpen magic is a muscle the more you work it out in a specific way the better results you're gonna have so again, you want, you want to find what resonates with you. If this does, always do your research, but keep practicing. Yeah, my best, advi- my best advice for someone who's like a beginner, who's trying to figure out if this is something you interest them is try, oh my God, I just blanked on the word as I was thinking about it. Try lucid dreaming. That's probably your entry level stepping stone in. Um, uh, yeah. Good, yeah. good thinking. Thank I haven't you. gone down that route in a while. Lucid dreaming. Yes. That's like your first step. Sorry. That's like your first step into astral projection. Astral projection is a good connection to general psychic magic. Yada, yada. Yeah. I think that's your safest, easiest stepping stone in, and it does take work. Like no one is going to start lucid dreaming first try. Like it, that's, that's a good way to train the psyche and start really 
manifesting any intentions you have and it is safer because it is your own dream world so obviously it's just you and that's a good way to also just create psychic awareness of yourself and create your own psychic blocks and wards for whatever reason you might have so I would say if you're intrigued to this as a novice begin with lucid dreaming and then go from there All right. So thank you for our deep dive. Nikki, we are witches on the couch. Uh, what might I ask are you drinking tonight? I went super basic tonight and I have an adorable cup that no one can see because this is not a visual format. Um, but I've just been drinking Prosecco. Nice. Yeah, I basic just, it's very basic i actually just got that book i told you about called witchcraft and cocktails um it's a lot <laughs> oh it did come in time it did come in time i i literally got it like two hours before we started recording Bummer. um i am very low on ingredients and supplies if i want to make anything out of it and a lot of it is like making your own tinctures and honeys and syrups and uh, things that, you know, will take like a week to infuse herbal energy and power into. And I was like, I'm recording in like two hours. I got a bottle of Prosecco and we're just going to do this. So hopefully in the coming weeks, I can start making interesting things from there to share with the podcast. But for now, um, I am quite a Beth Mo trip away. So Prosecco. And on that note, Jade, what have you been drinking tonight? I, uh, an Oregon Pinot Noir. Mm. I finally had some wine. It's been a while since I've actually had wine. I think since I quit the vineyard like two months ago, which is crazy to me. But also that's, that's what crazy, happens yeah. when I become a workaholic. And Pinot Noirs are excellent though. So. Oh yeah. That's why I bought it. Um, I literally went to this ritzy ass liquor store that I really love in Dallas. Um, was shopping for a bunch of other boozes for literally not me. And was like, I'm going to get something for myself. I'm going to get a Pinot Noir because I haven't had wine in a while. Pinot Noirs are great. I love a cold climate Pinot Noir. Don't we all? So it's Oregon, like all of Oregon is a safe bet for cold climate. It was fine. All right. It was nice to actually have wine. I mean, I had two cold glasses for this podcast, so it was real fun for that. <laughs> well, we had fun. So, yeah. 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 Anywho, if you're not having fun, that's okay. If you're so deep, dark down that you are contemplating suicide, never fucking do it. Hi, PSA. Um, it's not the right answer. I'm just, I'm telling you now. It may seem like it at the time, and it's not true. Passes your problems on to everyone else. Fun fact for you. We are recording this in the month of June, 2022. I don't honestly know when we're going to post this. I think this is going to be posted in July, 2022. I, I hope not. I think it's going to be posted in June. I think it's going to be posted in June, but you never really know with us. Sorry. It's true. So I'm going to give both instructions just in unreliable. case. If 
you are listening to this in June 2022 and you are feeling suicidal, you can call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. If you are listening to this in July or later 2022, etc., you can actually now call 988 and you will be connected with the suicide hotline. So again, not an emergency suicide hotline number, yo. Yeah, we're investing. Hallelujah. It's been way too long in the making. We Woo! so need to invest way better in mental health in this nation. But again, want to clarify, if you're suicidal, suicide is not the answer. In June 2022, you can call 800-273-8255, July 2022, and later, just dial 988. You'll be connected to the same suicide hotline. You can also, both dates, doesn't matter, 24-7, if you're feeling issues, you can text, help, talk, etc. to the number 741 741. It's a 24 7 crisis health hotline. They can help you out. You can also walk into an ER, tell them you're having suicidal ideations. They can get you checked in. They can get you connected with someone talking about your problems and help. As I always say, it is very difficult to talk about your problems when you're so deep, dark down. It definitely was for me. And I was honestly never suicidal. It's so hard to talk about it. But once you do, it's so enlightening. Very helpful. Highly recommend. Please reach out. People are there for you. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. Uh, If you liked it, please like, review, subscribe, do whatever you have to do to help Wandering Witches find our podcast as well. If you can't get enough of us, because like, obviously, uh, you can also find us on Instagram where we are, which is on the couch, all one word. We post usually just witchy posts and pictures from our own lives, and it's kind of fun and interesting. So if you're into that, go uh, check that out. Thank you for listening on this morning, evening, afternoon, night, whenever you tend to be listening to your podcast these days. We've had an excellent time and we will see you all next time. Bye, you guys. Bye.